Our gospel reading for the day comes from John. We are moving along to the cross by the I am statements. This is John 8, beginning in the 12th verse. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will never, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the treasury of the temple, but not one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. The word of God for the people of God. You know, we're, we're going along here, and every time Jesus says an I am statement, it's usually after um, a big event. You know, the last, the first one we heard, it was right after he had fed the 5,000, and I consider that a big event. Here, he is speaking right after the festival. And if you read right above this, it's one of the most interesting passages to me um, about Jesus. It is about the woman who is getting ready to be stoned. You know, and he kneels down and he writes something in the dirt. I've always wanted to know exactly what he wrote, but we'll go back to that and we'll talk about that on another Sunday. But here he is. He is that has just happened. And he says to this crowd, I am the light. I am the light of the world. He says, John's Gospel tells us that he is speaking at the conclusion of the Festival of Tabernacles. This was a week-long um, festival of a harvest celebration. It was commanded by God, given to Moses. During his time, it occurred in October after all the crops had been gathered in. That is what uh, Leviticus 23, 33 through 43 tells us. This festival was there to remind the Israelite people of how God had delivered them from slavery and provided for them during the 40 years in the desert. Remember the story? There was the pillar of smoke that guided them during the day and the pillar of fire, the pillar of light, 
that guided them at night. And so here we are at the end of celebrating that festival. Sacrifices have been offered all during the week. They are now taking down the tents, every marking of the festival. They're putting out the torches that actually represented the presence of God. They're being extinguished. And Jesus declared to those around him, I am, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have light. I am the light. Jesus is certainly making a point. Just as the light of the torches represented God's presence, who was with them as a pillar of fire in the darkness, in that dark night, who guided and protected them for those 40 years in the darkness. Jesus is saying, I am that same light. I am God's very presence in the darkness of this world. You know, the pillar would move on occasion, that pillar of fire, that pillar of fire, light. And when they saw, when the Israelite people saw that pillar moving, they would pack up their camps and they would move with it. They would follow it. <coughs> Just as the Israelites followed that column of fire in the darkness, so must we follow Jesus, who is our light in the world in the darkness that we live in. Otherwise, we're just going to keep stumbling around. The truth is, we live in darkness. Not literally, because you have to know what darkness means in the Bible. Darkness in the Bible is an analogy for evil, for sin. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's not so much in this day and time, but most of the time, crimes, bad things happen under the cover of darkness. When people think that their actions are hidden by that dark, that they can't be seen, that they do it in secret. You know, our world is shrouded in spiritual darkness everywhere we look because evil and sin is flourishing. We are standing in the chaos of darkness it's because people do not obey God's commands. They act selfishly. They do harm to others either by physical harms by their actions or certainly they do harm by the words they speak. Darkness does exist in our world, in our community, in our country. We just heard Diane talk about it. It happened Saturday on a beautiful day in Hattiesburg. Darkness is around us. And believe it or not, it exists in each one of us. Why does this darkness 
exist. You may say, well, it exists. We know where it exists. It comes from Satan. And I'm going to say, well, you're probably partially correct. And then you're going to say, well, I know exactly where it came from. Remember those old people, Adam and Eve in the garden? Let's blame it on them. Well, you may be partially correct again, just partially correct. But darkness existed before Adam and Eve. You're going to say, well, how did that happen? And I'm going to tell you the story. There was a university professor who challenged his students with a question. He said, did God create everything? And a young man in the back of the room stood up and enthusiastically replied, yes, because he was a believer, right? And the professor um, kind of challenged him and said, well, if that's so, did God create evil? The room became rather silent. Just like it is now, you're thinking, did God create evil? Let's talk about that. <laughs> the professor responded, yes. And another man from the back of the room stood up and said, no, sir. No, sir. I don't think so. He said, well, he created the professor said, well, he created darkness. He said, well, that may be true. But the student went on to explain that darkness is really just the absence of light. You cannot study darkness. You cannot measure darkness. Darkness is when the light is removed. So all you really have is light. And that is what we study. We cannot study darkness. The absence of light. That young man was Albert Einstein. So our darkness is the absence of God's presence in our life. That's more left in the dark. Why do you see such horrific acts of sin in the world? Why do people hurt each other? Why do people make really bad choices? Is it because they're evil? No. It's because they lack the presence of God Amen. in their life. <laughs> God's life fully within us, allowing it to shine in us in every aspect of our life. Jesus is the light that came into our dark world. He came in order to change our lives, our communities, our world. But that change requires the light of Jesus. The light of Jesus shining in every possible little corner of our life. Every possible corner 
of this community called Henley Field, every possible corner of this church. Jesus wants to be the light in our life, but we have to receive it. We have to make the decision to walk in the light. If you read down further in John 12, 46, Jesus says, I came into the world as light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. God's light needs to shine in every corner. Light reveals the darkness and where it truly is hiding out in us. When light is shown in the darkness, it shows things how they really are. You know, when you stand in a dark house, and either the front porch light is on, or most likely when the sun is coming up, if you're standing in an old dark house, do you not see the light shining underneath that doorway, sort of radiating in? I believe that's the picture Jesus wants us to have of our life without him. We're standing in the dark house. He's the light at the front door knocking, asking for entrance. In Revelation 3.20, he says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. We are figuratively opening the front door and allowing the light to enter our own darkness. This means that we have to take a risk. When you let the light of Jesus in, you're taking a risk because he's going to expose every dark corner. Everywhere you are hiding sin, Jesus' light will expose it. When Jesus exposes our sin, we have to recognize them. And we have to seek his forgiveness. When you let the light in, be ready can't just halfway open the door. You have to have the salvation experience. When you open that door fully, let God's light come completely into your heart, forgiving you. You are accepting the eternal life with your Father. Jesus moves through and illuminates every corner of our house, of our heart. Have you allowed the light in every single room, in every single corner? Have you allowed the light to shine underneath the sofa and show your dust bunnies? It's there. But you have to allow it in. You have to accept it. You cannot live in fear of what Jesus will expose. We all have something ugly 
that we don't want to look at, let alone let God see. But here's the thing, he already knows it. <laughs> you have to invite the light into every nook and cranny or you're going to continue to struggle. It's not hidden. That's just the big joke we play on ourselves. But invite him in. Invite him to expose the darkness that may be in some hidden corner that you think is hidden. I say hand it over to God. Ask for that forgiveness. Ephesians 5, 8 tells us, For though your hearts were once full of darkness, now you are full of light from the Lord, and your behavior should show it. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Amen. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. When you let the light in, you want to walk. You must walk as a child of God. Allowing the light of Christ to shine through so it can shine out into the world. We may still have dark areas in our life little nooks and crannies. We still have them. Maybe it's because we didn't allow Christ to deal with it. I don't know. But you have to let the light in. John Wesley, our founder, um, summarized a way to walk in the light in the general rules, because I've been studying this week the UN Doctrine in my class. This is not an easy book to read, but it is the book that guides us as a church. And in the general rules, it says, this is a tribute to him, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Part three of our general rules ends with attending upon the ordinances of God, prayer, reading the scripture, worship, and receiving communion. In Job 1, you will read, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have that fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we're living a lie. We are not living by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and we share in the blood of Jesus, his son, who purifies us all. Amen and amen.